Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Thinking Aloud About Film. Today, we're going to be talking about The Money Boys. <laughs> and this was my suggestion. It's on movie, and I've been reading a lot about Hustlers. I've been reading City of Night, the famous John Retchie novel. I've also been reading The Jugendpuppe, the Young Doll, which is, you know, about hustlers in Berlin, a very famous novel from the 1920s. You know, and of course, we have been doing a lot of Taiwanese cinema, and particularly Hu Shen. So this film seemed to connect with all of those areas. What did you think, Richard? I quite enjoyed it. The movie described it as being reminiscent of Hou Shen and Michael Haneke. I got where they were coming from with Hou Shen because visually, the, the, you know, the filming style of it, a lot of very static shots, you could see it's a... It's a definite influence there. I didn't quite see where the Michael Haneke influence came in. Oh, I, I could. Okay. I could. There's that distance always, mm. that coolness. Yeah, you're never inside the head of Haneke's character. Yeah. You know, you're always yeah. outside and observing. And, you know, of course, that erupts into terrible violence, whereas this one doesn't. Yeah, right? yeah. But that kind of distance, yeah, of the camera from the character, of the character from their environment and so on, the things not seen, yeah, you know, not observed that you sometimes get in this film. I think that I could see the influence of Haneke. There are several stories going on, some of which I found more. I found the secondary stories more interesting than the, than the primary story. I think. Ah, okay. I didn't. Yeah. So let's, <laughs> let's discuss it and let's situate kind of our listeners here. So, what's the plot? So um, it's about money boys. So it's about male male hustlers. Um, the, we start off with a sequence um, where uh, I, I guess at this point a quite inexperienced hustler um, is part of a threesome with another hustler and, and a client. Um, and he then, him and, him and the slightly older hustler then kind of fall in love and have a relationship. But this then ends because uh, the older guy is, is, is beaten up very, very badly um, and the younger guy runs away. And so we then jumped five years later we focus on that younger guy who is by this point in a different city he's very successful he's sending money back home there's then this kind of parallel plot where another young guy from his village comes out to the city and gradually becomes a hustler too which is the point that's the plot i found more interesting to be honest uh, and you just yeah. see the implications of that lifestyle and, and i liked it more than you uh though i must say it was a film that i stopped several times yeah I wondered how I would have felt seeing it on a big screen. I was enjoying it very much, yeah, and it resonated, and I think it's a film with depth. But I think maybe because I wasn't enveloped in the image, you know, every half hour or so I kept turning it off, yeah, and having a coffee or whatever, right? Which, you know, to me is not a good sign in terms of watching films on television. But I, but I loved it because... You know, so the the bits of plot that you're describing, right? There's uh, that scene where he's at the bar, and his now boyfriend tells him, "Don't go with that man," right? 
and he says, mind your own business. You know, it's then explained that the reason why he ends up going with that man is because he needs as much money as possible because his mother is dying. Mm. (laughs) And then, of course, he gets brutally beaten up by this man, as he was warned would happen. Um, So I I love that whole thing within the film. So it's a Taiwanese film, but it's set in China. Yeah, it's set in southern China. All the cities referenced are, are in China. Right? And the film has like a, a really, I think, a beautiful kind of sadness. Right? So all of these boys have left home because they're gay. All of them are gay. Right? And there's no place for them in their village. Right? On the other hand, kind of, they are supporting their entire families. And they're despised for being gay. I'm not sure, you know, that the families know they're hustlers. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't sure about that. But you're right. I mean, there's a very interesting scene where yeah, he hasn't been back to his family for, for years. And he, and he goes back. And as you say, it's clear he's supporting the family financially. And I think you get, you get the impression that he thinks the family don't know where the money's yes. coming from. And then there's then this conversation with his uncles where it becomes clear that actually they know... They, they I, I think they know he's a hustler. I mean, I think, they think, I think they know that he's gay, and that's where the money's coming from. I think you're right because the scene happens after the one where he's arrested by the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the film elides completely, right? So they don't find drugs, but they take him to the station and then cut. Yeah, yeah and he's yeah. on his way to his village, right? So presumably, what the family has heard of is of that arrest. I can't imagine. Yeah, or or they've possibly heard something with regard to the the other, you know, the lover who who ended, ends up disabled because he he's still in living yes. in the area. So yeah. Um. So I think this kind of tension, you know, this being cast out, also this feeling of obligation. Yeah, because he's constantly praying to his mother, to his grandfather, providing money for his ancestors taking care of his sister back home, sending money to them. And on the other hand, you know, they accept his money. They don't accept him. You know, I thought that was really beautiful. Also, the moment of violence that you describe, which is really an eruption of love. His lover sees the man who has hurt the person he loves and just loses it, right? And of course, he knows... He must know it's a mugs game because he ends up getting the worst of the deal and ends up yeah, in the hospital yeah. with his leg shattered. And then there's that wonderful scene because the film plays on these feelings of guilt, obligation, yeah. But of course, he had to leave the city where they were. So it's not as if he deserted his lover, right? It's he had to leave because the gangs were after him now, right? Yeah, that scene in the apartment where yeah, he, he literally had to kind of go on the run. Um, so I thought those tensions were really quite wonderful. And the way that the film is shot all on these long takes. Uh, often, you know, when he's with people, you have a crowd of people. There are all those corridor scenes where people do the cooking. Yeah, so shared spaces for cooking in these apartment buildings, right? And yet you see him kind of always alone in that crowd, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, so I kind of, I thought that was all very evocative yeah and it was interesting there were a few scenes where where he did similar things to what we've seen in some of the Ho Shoshan films where the you know the, there's, a, there's a fight scene but 
they're behind walls and so you just see bits of action coming through a small window and and mm. you know you understand what's going on but you you don't you know you, you don't see the full thing mm. I think what I liked about this one is that you often have shots of Faye, uh, who uh, I, I understand is played by Kai Ko, who, you know, was a, 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 a Taiwanese pop star, and who has this very, um, this quality of remoteness. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you never quite know what's going on in his head. Yeah, he's kind of sullen and, yeah, uh, accepting. So, so often you have him, you know, in sex scenes being like, you know, completely uninvolved, really. Uh, uh, you wonder what they see in him. <laughs> yeah, in, in contrast to the young man who follows him afterwards, mm. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who uh, uh, feels really alive. But actually, you can also, I suppose, understand why, why that remoteness, the inaccessibility. I mean, he's very handsome. And he's not quite there. Yeah. yeah. So kind of. You and know, it, it's, and you, you get the impression. So when the young guy from his village arrives, and, and so he, he, he turns up in the city, and first of all, he wants to stay in, in, in the guy's flat, and he won't let him. And you, and you kind of realize it's, because, it's really because he, he doesn't want him involved in that lifestyle. He gets a job in a factory, but lose, loses the job due to some incident that's off screen. Um, and then he says he wants to be a hustler and then it's the you know the central character is like well, are you sh- you know, if that's what you really want this is, this is what you want and he kind of attacks him and starts ripping his clothes off but it's it's really to show you know is this this is what might happen to you do you you know and so in a sense that kind of um remoteness i think is part of not wanting to be attached after what happened to him in the opening of the film what happened to his lover in the opening of the film but also not wanting other people to to be involved in that world do you think the film glamorizes that world? There's a kind of surface glamour in the sense that they're living in, you know, nice apartments and there's clearly a lot of money. But then it shows the danger of that world because you, he's always, you know, he's under, he gets beaten up at the start of the film. You know, later in the film, he takes a client back to his apartment, but it turns out the client's actually a cop who, and he, he's been he's been set up. And, and uh, there's also, you don't really see a lot of this, but there's kind of a, older kind of pimp figure involved as well who you i think you only see him really in that one scene where where the young guy is introduced but but you know clearly there is a you know they're not free agents it strikes me and i mean of course what do i know (laughs) i don't know anything about this uh you know and certainly not in taiwan but you know so many of the books that i've read on you know hustling uh, or are the other films like I'm thinking of my own Private Idaho, mm. right? Where you know you see River Phoenix, he's shivering in the rain. You know he's having to perform all these stunts for these fat old men, right? Who then kind of refuse to pay him, or yeah, he's always hungry and cold, and yeah, mm. it, 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 yeah, and this, it's the same with John Retchy, right? Where you know kind of you go out and it's at night, and you know, and it's sexy, but it's dangerous and. Yeah, like, you get none of that. I mean, so you're right. He does get beaten up once. Yeah, there's a bad trick. But you never get a feeling that the day-to-day is dangerous. I, I, I wonder if that's a, a difference. You, you don't you, you don't see this, but if that's a difference in sort of present day, that they're not probably 
you know, walking the streets and picking people up in yeah. in bars. They're, they're they're probably doing this online and and uh, um, you know, get, getting getting clients that way. So there's that less of the kind of uncomfortable physical risk. But I don't I, I, I don't know, and I, and I don't know if that's any more or less risky than. Uh, the old way of doing well, it. the reason why I ask the question is because the life seems very glamorous mm. to the young man who follows him from the village. You know, he lives in a beautiful flat, kind of you know, spick and span. There's not an item out of place. The furniture is gorgeous, you know. Um, and of course, his retort is that all work is a form of prostitution, um, which, you know. I think is a bit an overly simple answer. Yeah. Made made palatable only because the working conditions that this other boy is under are so atrocious. I you know, he's working sixteen hours a day, seven days a week, and half of his money goes into, you know, renting this decrepit room with a moldy mattress, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, in comparison to that, yeah, then of course that house must seem a palace. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, But but I think it's kind of an overly simple answer. I I think because you get that scene where the, you know, the the younger guy says he wants that lifestyle um, because of the flat and so on. And and the old the the older hustler said, well, if you want it, this is what it's like. And he then he kind of rips his clothes. And it's it's essentially saying that's, you know, you you might think you want the service glamour, but actually, Here's, here's, here's the reality of the experience, I, I guess. I thought the film, for me, one of the problems in the film is that it kind of conflated prostitution and homosexuality. Yeah, in this film, they're the same. Yeah? To an extent, yeah, but I, I don't know to what extent all of those all of the hustler characters were actually gay or were they gay for pay? You know, were, were they sort of gay, you know, a couple of them end up with women. Are, are they just doing this for money or, or I don't know. Um, well, there, there is, obviously there is a suggestion that some of them might have a more fluid sexuality than others, though that's also confused. I mean, the boy who marries you know, you're initially told that it's a marriage of convenience, right? And then, kind of, you're told that his 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 wife, you know, which was initially a convenience, is now pregnant, presumably by him, and that he's leaving the scene to just, you know, have a, a normal married life. Now, there are various ways of reading that, right? You know, is he now going to live a heterosexual life? Or, you know, is he now going to just you know, pass in this mariage en blanc, right? And, yeah, so I think those things are not clear. Likewise, when he goes to his old lover and he's now with a wife, who I think, interestingly, is played by the same actress who was in the wedding sequence before, right? You know, so I think one of the actresses plays three different roles in it, and it is like, you know, prostitute, friend, wife, yeah? (laughs) Which I think is too much (laughs) symbolism. But again, you know, if you think the pad answer, oh, he's got a fluid sexuality, or he says in the film, you know, what makes you think you're the only person I've ever loved or that I will love, yeah, something like that. But then, you know, 
the later on, there's a different suggestion that in fact he is still in love with. Yeah, her. yeah. yeah. Seen in the bridge. Yeah. And and there's a there's a bit of an element that the, the wife is trying to get the you know the wife says you know can you teach the son to ride a bike or whatever it is and, mm. and it's kind of yeah you know, the implication being that the husband can't do it because he's lost a leg and and exactly. it, yeah so so it's sort of it's sort of, and yeah this is, this is at one point the implication they might go into this kind of cozy you know menage a trois kind of, kind of well you see i thought that was going in a different direction a really interesting one which is the one of family and of making your own family mm, yeah and of yeah. creating alternate families of support that are not necessarily you know that biological family that exploits you and excludes you yeah, right? yeah. So I, I think the film at least brings up that suggestion, that possibility. But of course, the idea of romantic love gets in the way because is it Long, the younger boy who follows him from the village? I forget his name. Yeah. He says, you're my family, but the other person is, what does he say, my obsession or my passion or something like that, right? Uh, at which point the guy leaves. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so this constructing of a family only goes so far, yeah? Um, but, you know, I thought how wonderful that the film brings up all these issues, yeah? I mean, I don't think, I don't think it brings them up in an ideal way, yeah? But it does bring them up as kind of issues, possibilities. Uh, I wish it had shown well two things that i think are a lack in the film first i would have liked to see a young gay boy who isn't a prostitute mm, yeah yeah because you know otherwise it does feel like a conflation of those things in that culture uh and the other thing that i would have liked to have seen is a moment of sexual sexual ecstasy mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all the sex that you see is either brutal or alienated or you know and I would have liked you know I, I would have liked some joy in it even if not in a professional context maybe just in a private context whereas even the private sex because it's like there's a scene with the in, in, in the opening sequence with the old with the, the two hustlers and they're, they're having sex within their relationship for for enjoyment mm. and yes. and the, the younger guy kind of gets up and puts his boxer shorts on and the other one says on oh aren't you going to come as well and he's like no i've got i've, I've got a client later on i've got to save it <laughs> up, you know? so, so it's kind of even with you know even like within the romantic relationship he's you know thinking in terms of the commercial body transaction mm. he's, he's going to be making mm. later on i would say one, one of the things and in, in a way i think I, I quite like this about the film is that all of the um for a film about sex and prostitution there's there's actually i mean there's no there's no nudity in it. I think it's sort of every, everything no. is framed very carefully, and all yes. all of the sex scenes are either not not shown or they're just very carefully framed. They're just shown from the waist up and that that kind of thing. And it was kind of it didn't feel didn't feel like it was being coy. It just felt it was was you know it was not necessary to show that stuff. You knew exactly what was going on. I thought it was a bit coy. For most of the time, I didn't mind. Right, like so in those initial scenes. Uh, with, um, you know, the clients and so on. I mean, you know, the film is conveying the sense of alienation and formality and, 
you know, uh, monetary relationships and so on by the way that it's framing it. So I thought that was fine. But I thought in the more private moments and the personal moments, or even in that moment where the young boy tries to be a hustler and the, the other hustlers ask him to show what he's made of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To show. I thought that could have used a little bit of abandon, at least like, I mean, you know, yeah, ab- abandon is the word. So I'm not asking for a close up of his dick or anything, you know, but like, you know, even the back of his pants is like, uh, you know, it's like so carefully, like, so it's so pent up, right? Whereas actually what you want in that moment is abandon, right? Yeah, you, that, that's a good point, actually, because that scene was supposed to be about him kind of, you know, saying, look, I can do this. And yeah. the pimp going, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and but it's, as you say, it's so, feels so kind of coy, even if that, yeah, to be honest, even if at that point they'd kind of moved the camera up. And so it looked like he was... Naked. Exactly. It's the fact that he kind of he's the whole point is he's getting naked to show that he can and he's he's yeah. willing and he and he doesn't. But he's the dialogue implies that he has. It's odd. Yeah, it's not just that he doesn't, is that his pants are artfully kept up. Right? Well, it's <laughs> like the sellotape. Meant to be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so, you know, and it's actually that artificial artfulness. And it, it's and similarly in the in the earlier scene where the where, where the lead, the lead character rips his clothes, he kind of doesn't, you know, he rips rips his shorts, but the underpants are left intact. And it, it's and it, again, it feel, that again that felt like a scene that should have been more, I mean, a, a different sort of abandon really. That it was sort of yeah. very very frank, and it and it just didn't mm. didn't happen. But this is the first feature, and I understand that the director's name is a pseudonym. Okay. Yeah, because the director was raised in Austria and wants to be able to return to the country of his birth, and therefore must make this film under a pseudonym, which is like C.B. Yee? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah C.B. Yee yeah. is uh, the pseudonym of, uh, of the director. So... Just to frame that in a different context, you know, here we have a film that's a Taiwanese-Austrian co-production, but that is meant to be set in mainland China, and that is directed under a pseudonym. So I think it's a triumph that under all these kinds of restrictions of censorship, both overt and internalized, yeah, the sphere that a film like this gets made. And actually, a quite beautiful film as this gets made, I think. I was just looking, I just found a brief interview with him, and he, he was, so he, he was brought up and, and trained as a filmmaker in Austria, and he was actually trained by Michael Haneke. So, mm. interesting. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I really liked watching it yeah. very much. Um, so, in spite of the problem, I mean, you know, I mentioned some of the problems there were other scenes that I think were not too successful, like the marriage scene. You know, I, I, you're meant to be uncomfortable, right? At the drunken, the jealousy, the moral accusation of passing. Yeah, that's all in the scene. But it also felt false somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say that in spite of this, you know, it's, 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 an, it's a really impressive debut film. Uh, which I enjoyed very much. Yeah, yeah, certainly for, you know, I'd say for first film, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, 
Thank you very much for listening. We are thinking aloud about film, and we will return next week, maybe from Bologna. Ooh, exciting! <laughs> <laughs> Our flights are cancelled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye.